Hello, I'm Sarah Connolly and today I'm talking to Luz Gunnawijk who retired from pro cycling last year but she's doing some really interesting things and you probably will remember Luz from her incredible attacking during the London 2012 Olympic Games and the way that she'd win races like the Ronde van Drenthe World Cup and her Tour de Lode stages. Hi Luz, how are you? Hello, yeah I'm good. So you retired in uh, April last year, it was April last year? Uh, a little bit later, uh, I announced it in uh, our. I also made the decision in May, and uh, I retired in June. So yeah, and so why d- why did you retire then? Um, because I could not perform anymore the way how I wanted and how I was used to. I didn't want to finish totally negative. So I th- yeah, this fo- was for me the best feeling, and I had the feeling I needed to stop almost straight away so yeah but it was a long you know it's it's kind of a decision that you don't make in one night and in one day so it took me a long time to find it out and then yeah then I just came to all this decision mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it must be very strange because you've been a cyclist for so long yeah w- was it a strange thing to go from being a full-time racer to not yeah, it is. It's, you know, that, that the moment will come, you know that. And I already announced it that it's going to be my last year. So you're already m- more prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of a big step because the way how you live for 15 years, you don't have to do it at that anymore. And uh, you have more time to spend at home with your friends and family. But also you don't have to train anymore. But uh, you still, your body still likes to sport and to exercise and um, you have to find a real a, a totally new balance in your life mm. I can't imagine it because it's such a kind of sudden stop but equally it must be nice that you chose the time because you know you look at Ina Yoko Teutenberg for example who you know had to retire through through illness I guess yeah. you having the control to say enough yeah I agree it's you know it's not an easy decision but I think it's it's a little bit easier when you can announce it by yourself Mm -hmm. and make the decision by yourself and I was always saying like I hope I can make that decision and that you don't have to stop because of of a bad crash or an injury Mm. and of course a crash was the start of my uh, decision or made it all fast uh, going faster Mm. But yeah, it takes some time and yeah, you have to find a new balance. Yeah, yeah. And you have stayed around the sport because I mean, obviously I met you at the Tour of Norway last year where you were doing a TV commentary and you've been on the UCI Director Sportif course. So in this interview, I want to ask you some questions like that and then I'll come on to difficult questions like who you'd put in the Dutch Olympic team and things like that. But those cycling jobs, was it strange going to races when you weren't riding and being around your old team, Orica? Uh No, I'd love to see them again uh, because it's kind of my second family mm-hmm. and it was really nice to see the racing. And yeah, like in Norway, it was just nice to see everybody again and it was totally different to see it from the, up, uh, the other side of the line mm-hmm. and to be it as a spectator and also like an interviewing. Yeah. But um, I enjoyed that. Also in the Holland Ladies Tour, I was a host for the VIPs. And in that week, I really enjoyed it so much. And that was a little bit of a surprise for myself. And I was like, oh, I have to do something with that. Mm. And I, yeah, I have also uh, written the letter to the UCI for the sport director. And I got the scholarship. So I was really happy with that one. And 
Um, yeah, now I have my degree in as a sport director. <laughs> Do you want to become a director sporty? For- uh, yeah, yeah, it is in my future plans. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, you were always so well known for your road skills and for being the road captain of Oroca and and just having like genius road tactics. Uh, it, was it strange going to a director sportif course and kind of thinking about the sort of things, other things you'd have to do as well? Um. Yeah, you think a lot of time still as a rider, and you know how the riders want to. And of course, I've been a long time already on the road and as a cyclist and in a few teams so you already know what you really enjoyed and Mm. which kind of things you would maybe just uh improve yeah uh yeah i still really like it to give all my yeah to learn the young girls uh the stuff about cycling and i really enjoy that stuff yeah were there anything that you learned on the director sportive course that surprised you um it's already a few months ago um yeah you learn a little bit more about all the kind of rules and also in a lot of things you already know but it's still i don't know exactly at this moment no i cannot really say like uh learn this or that it's mm. more in total a whole package yeah yeah was it more 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 about kind of change, you know, just consolidating things that you knew into? Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, but it's more like uh, what I learned. Also, I organized uh, last winter, or it was in the Aussie summer, a, a road trip for uh, for females. Yeah. So, and um, by doing that, I found it out that like all the logistics that really takes a lot of time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I already. <laughs> <laughs> my old spot director and I was like yeah now I know you know you it looks easy but <laughs> by doing that you know you know it takes a lot of times and in one way I had already a few times like um with our nationals I all uh, I had to organize a little bit more by myself so then you find out how much time it takes and you're busy with other things like only racing and being on time and that stuff what <laughs> is normally your business so you were already had a little bit really a little bit of practice about it but now you find out yeah that's a whole system behind it and it takes a lot of times and uh, to manage everything really well yeah it's, it's a busy job yeah do you think it'll because of course they've got race radios back now so i always thought of you as the kind of rider who you were always making those tactical decisions on the road, but now they have race radio, but radios back. Will riders need to do that so much? I think you still need to think by yourself as a rider because uh, like a sport director, when you're sitting in a car, you not can really feel the wind that well. And of course, it's nice to get the information from the car, like how many seconds you have in a break or if there's an uh, important uh, climb coming or cobblestones or whatever. That's always nice. To, to hear that from the radio but I think the girls still need to make their own decisions on the road and uh, you still need a road captain also with the communications yeah 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 because sometimes I remember one stage in in China and the weather forecast was a little bit windy but we were not sure if it was uh, windy enough to put it in the garden mm-hmm. but on the road we found it out also like the first part it was pretty sheltered by trees so yeah it didn't really make a point to do anything and uh, none of the other teams did it 
but then suddenly I saw a long straight road and it was less sheltered and I had a feeling we can put it in a gutter and uh, I yelled to Mel like come on and she was in just in a few seconds with me with J-Mac and we went to the front and together with Nettie and, and Emma we put it in a gutter and it was like you know organized so well and we were so fast and there was a big explosion in the peloton and we all enjoyed that so much, <laughs> um, you know, but still that kind of decision you can't, can't make in the car because before the car is on that point, you're already 30 seconds away. Yeah. And then sometimes the moment is gone. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. They still need to think by themselves. Yeah. How did you learn those skills? Those, those race reading skills? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Just, uh, I like to. I like just the tactics and to think a few steps in front of you, like what's going to happen or what other teams will think. And mm. uh, I don't like losing, so <laughs> it's all about that. Like, yeah, if you don't like to lose, you have to be smarter than somebody else. Or, and I think, yeah, if you started by yourself, you're always in front of something. Mm. I I think the first women's road race I ever watched like all the way through um live was the one when you won Ronda Van Drenta World Cup oh yeah it oh, was so beautiful like just you and you and Meek just attacking and attacking and attacking it was you know that was the first time I'd watched the race all the way you know race all the way through and it was just exhilarating yeah, yeah. was was it as much fun to ride like that Oh, yeah, because in the final, I knew everybody was attacking, and I knew I had to wait for the moment. Mm -hmm. So I was more in the back of the bunch for the last 5Ks, and then I was waiting, and I was like, there will be a moment. It will come, but then I think with 1,500 meters to go, then somebody attacked, and then it slowed down, and everybody was watching to each other, and I was like, yeah, this is it, and I went straight away, it was just, <laughs> and I knew on that moment, like, this is a good one, and then I saw that Iris was in my wheel, or almost, and then I went full gas in the, in the corner, and I knew I would take a few meters, and I also had, and then, yeah, they didn't saw me back anymore, and yeah, that was amazing. I knew I really had a good day on that one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, are those the things when you look back at your cycling career? Do you, is it the wins that are the things you remember most or is it other things? Uh, of course, a few wins. Yeah, for sure. And of course, the, the Olympics, but also like just the I had so much fun with my teams and my teammates and a few became really good friends. And because of my bike or I traveled all around the world and I have friends everywhere uh, on the world. So that's uh, and you have so many experience and also like being in countries where you normally would not go to and I also learned a lot about myself it's not only about winning but also about losing and how how are you uh, going to deal with that and put that in a positive way to the future and so yeah I think it's a whole package that I learned and I really enjoyed it and it was always like I just wanted to ride my bike and race and I had the opportunity to do that. So I'm really proud on that one. Yeah. I mean, the Olympics, London Olympics, you, yeah. you and Ellen van Dyke were just so good. Like I, I, whenever I remember that race, I smile. Like I just remember you two hitting it coming out, like before you'd even come out of London. Ah, oh, what was that like? Yeah, London was amazing. It was just such a great experience. Just no, no, it was already 
like the whole season it was already from the start and first to get selected and then you got selected and then yeah we had a good training camp in uh, in Tuscany and uh, so then yeah and uh, a race in France leading into the London and yeah we, I think we had just really the best team there we really uh, liked each other and going well with each other and I remember when we doing the warming up and riding to the Buckingham Palace and then on the way back and we were already looking to each other with the four of us and we already had goosebumps on our arms and oh. telling to each other like, oh, this is amazing because there were so many people on the on the start line. And on the start line, we they were playing in the last two minutes the song of Eminem. Yeah. Like, if you have one shot, one opportunity. And that was our our team song so uh, then we looked to each other and we all had a big smile on our face and we saw the dark clouds above London and we knew like ah oh, this is our day because we were praying for bad weather <laughs> <laughs> which you know obviously London can give you <laughs> <laughs> yeah because we knew like how yeah how worse the circumstances are are and how tougher it's gonna be how better it will be for us and yeah yeah, like in the beginning, it like you all, you could not yell to each other because then you still could not hear each other because there were so many people <laughs> in London. Only when you had like a, a, a on a bridge or something where people could not stand, then it was a little. Then it was silence yeah. or almost silence. But uh, yeah, it was a great race, and of course also because Mayan won the gold medal and we had one mission and one goal, and that was gold. And yeah. Uh, it was great really awesome yeah and it was perfect teamwork as well like yeah. it you, you did it as a it felt like you did as a as a team and I think I was laughing when there was a time when you know it's like you attacked and then as soon as you get caught Ellen attacked and then Ellen attacked again and then you attacked and then you attacked again and it was just perfect because it was exactly like you know when I say this is what I love about women's cycling I could just you know point to that race look yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. And also, like, afterwards, we got a lot of compliments from uh, Dutchies, but also from our colleague riders uh, from all over the world. Like, oh, yeah, but you were one team and you had you had one uh, tactic and one mission. And, yeah, so that what made us really extra proud. So, um, yeah. yeah. And it's hard. I mean, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, who who do you think will go to the Olympics this year? Because it's harder for the Dutch. Like you could send, you have four riders, right? Yeah. You know, if you sent your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth best riders, they'd still be a better team than most. Yeah. <laughs> than most people's A riders. It is. Yeah. It's going to be a hard battle for everybody to get selected, and but uh, I think that's the luxury from our national coach, and <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not going to be an easy one. Yeah, and for sure, like Anna van der Breche and Marianne Vos and Annemiek van Vleut and also I think Ellen van Dijk, they will have a big chance to go. But, you know, it's still it's still cycling. You just have to perform in the spring and then um, we will see how everybody is going. Yeah, and you also, you have the, um, the Dutch have the luxury of being able to pick, you know, the riders who are the best for the course. Because, you know, I look at the I look at the descending and I think of Lucinda Brand, for example. But if it was a flat course, you'd be saying, oh, you know, Kirsten or, you yeah. know, Dutch cycling feels so strong. You've got everything from climbers to sprinters yeah. and everything in between. Sure, with uh, just a small country, but also with 
uh, we don't have really hills. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we still have a few really good climbers. So, yeah. Uh, but we have a lot of wind, so uh, we can train in. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. I think, yeah, we, we're a strong country and we have a lot of good, really good riders. Yeah, I mean, it must be frustrating, though, if you were like, I don't know, uh, you know, a rider who... Um, I don't know, Chantal Black, for example, who's wonderful. But yeah. I always wonder if someone like Chantal ever considers, God, maybe I'll find a Belgian grandmother and become Belgian for the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, but on the other way, you're also really a proud duchy and you just want to ride in the orange jersey. And, you know, if you, got, if you get selected, it's really, yeah, something where you'd be really proud on. And um, But, yeah. I also had like uh, some teammates who were not living in Holland and they were always jealous uh, on our facilities from the uh, federation. Yeah. And like the training camps and like, um, yeah, the, all like the gym and uh, that kind of stuff. But mm. till when it's time to go to the world and everybody gets selected, then they're really... <laughs> <laughs> Then they're happy. <laughs> they're not a Dutchie. So, uh, and yeah, and for sure also with the Olympics, because, because then it's, it's much harder to get selected. Yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, it must be so interesting to have been a cyclist at the time you were, because, you know, and it also must have been interesting for you because, you know, you had what, 15, 15 years at the top yeah. of the sport. And when you started, and it's no offence to the people who are at the top of the sport then, it was a lot smaller and a lot less professional. And you managed to kind of stay at the top all the way through all those changes. Did, yeah. it, did it feel like it was changing at the time? Um, yeah, if I look back and especially how I started, when I, uh, when I started I was really like discovering what I, all my capabilities and what I was uh, what I could do on the bike and I had to learn so much uh, things but then like also in the in the years who were following like women's cycling is more improving more teams and the racing is getting more about tactics now like 10 mm. fifth was more the one who was the strongest yeah she was winning a lot of racing and now you will see you need more stronger team around you and more tactics and uh all the teams becomes more professional so yeah i survived a few generations but <laughs> also um it's good to see it's still really small steps and you always want to make bigger steps and and that it goes faster but yeah women's cycling is improving and that's a good yeah, it, it felt like when you were in Nederland Bluet, which I can never say properly, <laughs> that your team your team was kind of like one of the teams that really transformed the landscape, like that race in Drenthe. It could have been you winning or it could have been Annemiek winning. And, yeah. and you know, when, when, when Annemiek, Annemiek won Flanders, it could have been Annemiek or it could have been Mariana. Is that a way that you always liked riding or was that something that you had to learn? No, I think we also had it in a team flex point. We also had yeah. really strong team, and then we were always battling against ATC or high road. Mm. And uh, then we also had a few riders who could win the race. And you know, what I really learned in that team a, a lot of tactics about Jean-Paul, from Champagne from Popel. Mm. And it's like, yeah, if you have more cards to play, it makes it easier and also more fun. You know, because then you can do whatever you want and. 
uh, you still have to work hard for it and, and do it, but I really enjoyed that. And for, in that team, I really learned a lot of uh, about the tactics. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I suppose it's also less pr I mean on the one hand you have I mean you still have lots of opportunities to win but you know your teammates also have lots of opportunities to win but I guess at the same time you have less pressure because you know that it's not all on your shoulders yeah that's true but uh, sometimes you have to work for somebody else and but also when you're in the break you will get the support from the team mm. so it's um that's also what I like about racing. You never know exactly how it will go, but it's nicer when you have a few good riders and then you can look to each other and do the stuff what you wanted to do. Yeah, so when you're a director sportif, <laughs> what do you think you need to do to kind of create that in your team? Or is it just about choosing the riders who are like that anyway? Um, also a little bit, but I think also, you know, you can help them to learn them a lot about the tactics and uh, give them ideas to think about, like how they wanted to race or how they think they want to race and, and that stuff. You know, you have to learn people what they can and what's what can be good in, in every kind of situation. Yeah. You know, you have to help them or give them ideas. I think that's always good. Yeah. And did you did you spend a lot of time thinking about your rivals like you know in terms of what they're good at but also what they're less good at or how you know so you know that for example if I attack here that will really upset her <laughs> or or it'll take her by surprise or something yeah I knew I would not attack on the climb because <laughs> there are a lot more <laughs> better climbers than than, uh, than me yeah. so I would then go almost at the top or uh, on the top so, yeah, you think about the places where you wanted to attack. But still, I also learned, like, if I see a moment, I just have to go. If half a second, then the moment is gone and then you're too late. So uh, that's what I learned from one spot director. He said, you have to race with your heart. Yeah. And I think he's right. And uh, for me, it was right. And um, if I saw a good moment, I would attack. And sometimes you just have to attack eight times, and then the eleventh time that you attack, then you're in the break. So <laughs> you have to keep always positive and keep on going, and then uh, it will work out. And maybe it's not in that race, but then it makes you stronger, and then you can take it to the next race, and uh, it will come for sure. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I, I say that because I, as a person think too much you know I'd be the person who'd be like oh should I do this should I not do this and sometimes you see that in races like you know in um in the Ronde van Vlaanderen when uh when Ellen van Dijk won or or last year's Ronde van Vlaanderen the same when when Elisa had attacked and pe and it felt like people didn't chase you know they, there was that moment where they should have gone after her but they didn't and they just stopped and is that something hard to I don't even know. How would you learn that? How do you learn to trust yourself? Uh, yeah, that, that's, you know, that's sometimes you don't know. Because also a lot of times they caught me with 1K to go, <laughs> or 3Ks to go, and then you had a nice break of 15Ks or whatever. Yeah. And then you're like thinking maybe afterwards, like, oh, why didn't I wait a little bit longer? So, you know, it's not, you don't have success. But I remember like, 
uh, my win in Omloop het Nieuwsblad uh, in 2012. I won that race more or less in 2011, or the basis is in, in 2011, because we were in the break, and the break became smaller uh, and smaller, and on the last couple sections I didn't attack, and then we had tailwind, and I didn't have a real plan for in the final. Mm. And then we were with a break of four, and um, I thought, oh, what if I become fourth? And then, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff, I became fourth, and I was so crumpy afterwards on myself, and I was like, oh, I don't want to have this again. So the year after, I knew I really had a good winter, and I was in a good shape, and And I love that race, so I knew it's going to be hard for somebody to beat me on that day. And on the last couple sections, I attacked. And when I attacked, uh, because I really had a plan for that whole race, and I attacked. And when when I went, I I knew it's going to be hard for somebody to follow. And then Ellen came with me a few mm -hmm. k's later. And I knew how I wanted to ride also the final. And then, yeah, I sprinted, started my sprint really early, and she came she passed me and then I passed her again and I was winning the race but yeah I think I learned a lot from 2011 you know so yeah always have to be uh, critical uh, you have to look about how you raced and what you can do uh, different the next race or what went really well and uh, yeah you have to keep it in your mind and take it to the next race and to the next season or whatever wow wow so Oh my god, it's so exciting! I love it. I love listening to you describe races. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it makes it just it just makes me want to go and watch them all. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's so good to see. And then you're like, oh, then I become still <laughs> like, ah, oh, come on, go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. So excited, also then. Yeah. I mean, we're in one of the most exciting times of the year. We're right at the beginning of the season. The first yeah. World Tour race, uh, Stradi Bianchi, is, is on Saturday. And then we have the, oh my goodness, we have Ronde van Drenthe and then we have yeah. Ronde van Vlaanderen and Flesch Vallon. I always thought of you as a spring classics rider, but then I was looking at your results and you were good in all of the races. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but yeah. which did you like best? Spring classics. Yeah. Yeah, I love them, especially when you have the spring weather and my spring weather for racing is different than for a lot of people who are talking about nice spring weather. <laughs> um, spring weather for me in races is yeah, like uh, six till eight degrees or something, windy, maybe a little bit rain yeah. or not, but yeah, it has to be cold and, uh, and windy and not sunny and no wind and 15 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> It's more for summer style and and especially with those races with the couple sections yeah that's oh that's wonderful yeah C can you um for people who are, might be new to the spring classics so if you if we can just go through and you can just tell me about them so i mean stradi bianchi you didn't ride stradi bianchi last year no, did you no no but it's yeah i saw it a little bit on the on the on the yeah from pictures and i heard the stories from my teammates But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's of course, it's um, a race with a big name and a long history. And I think it's really special with all the gravel sections in it. Mm. And, uh, and it's Italy, so that's always a good atmosphere for cycling and for racing. Yeah, and the hills, you know, it's got it's it's tough. I think anyone yeah. who wins, it, I feel like Stradi Bianchi must have been a race that's been raced for a hundred years. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that, you know. Yeah, but it's perfect. And then Ronda Van Drenta, which is one of my favourite races. What's what's that like to ride? Because it's got the um, man-made hill. It's got the cobbles that are like no other cobbles in the world, and the, <laughs> the yes. messy, the, the the mossy little paths that are slippery. What's it like to race? Uh, it's kind of a survival. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to be clever. You have to be in front and. And concentrated from start till finish, like like almost every race, of course. But like in that race, you have to be in a good position. Uh, you have to save your energy as much as possible, but also like you have to spend energy when it's necessary mm-hmm. uh, because you have to be in the front, on the couple sections, on the climbs. And then because it's spring, it's one of the first races. And with the weather, it's going to be really a tough race. And it's pretty long also. So then, yeah, people will find their self, how fit they are. And it's it's a whole package. For the last year, they've added in more laps because it used to have the... That, that hill looks horrible to ride. Like, it just looks so tough. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a short one. And, like, it's not really a hill. But it's, like, especially in the, in the final, it can uh, break your legs more mm. or less. It's like a bicycle path. It's really narrow. And if you come from one side, it's like with a corner of 19 degrees. Wow. So, it's just, yeah, it's a sharp one. And if you're not in a good position, you kind of, yeah, you can lose the race over there. Because if you're too much back in the peloton, for sure, always somebody will drop the chain and uh, will crash and whatever. And then you're stuck behind. And then, yeah, of course, the first few will go and you will never see them back anymore. Yeah, which makes it so much fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, and it's also fun to ride because if you know a lot about the uh, yeah about the course, it makes it a little bit easier, but still, it's a tough race. Yeah, yeah, and then we come to Flanders. Um, yeah, and well, this year we've got Kent Wevelgem as well, haven't we? In the in the World Tour, that's interesting because that because yeah. that race was always on. I've and I've even forgotten to say Binder. So we go Binder, Kent Wevelgem. Those are very different races. Binder's got that lap with the hard climb and then the nasty descending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one for climbers. Well, kind of classics climbers, isn't it? Yeah, depends a little bit also how the weather is. Because mm. I remember I was there a few times, also top 10, but then it was really cold weather. Mm. And, and it was really 6 degrees and rain. And uh, <laughs> it was horrible. I think some people really got, uh, how do you say it, under, uh, under temperature. Oh, yeah, like hypothermia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because it was, yeah, it was so freezing. But yeah, because I'm done, uh, I have always a little bit extra. So then it's, um, I had a few good races there. But if it's sunny, it, it's a tough one. Yeah. And then Gent Wevergem, I've written that one last year. And it's also with some couple sections and a few nasty climbs. And it was really windy there. So, um, and it's also a classic with the men. So it's, it's good that they also become now uh, a World Cup um, for the women? Yeah, yeah. And Anders, yeah, that's a special one. That's really a good one also. A lot of spectators, great atmosphere, and all, of course, the Belgium climbs and the couple sections. It's like, yeah, it's 
kind of king's day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, I mean, Ronda van Vlaanderen's going to be shown. We're going to have like the last forty-five kilometers streamed live. That's yeah. that's just the most exciting thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it. That's that's going to be really good steps. So. Uh, because I think, yeah, for sure the women uh, deserve it to get more media attention and especially to that they're showing that uh, race on TV. I missed that a little bit last weekend with news, but I was following it on Twitter. But mm. it was so good to see like Hageland on the, on the live stream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels like, like I was counting up and we've got like 20, at least 20 races that we can watch live, not including national championships this year. And... And people keep saying hints about races that might come live as well. And, and that just feels extraordinary. You know, even compared to when I first started watching, you know, I'd basically have um, Drenta and, you know, the highlights of the Giro and Plouet. Yeah. And, yeah. Now, and now it feels like that Hageland was extraordinary to have that streamed. Yeah, yeah, and it was really good also. And I also watched the the, uh, the World Hour record from uh, Evelyn Stevens. Mm. And it was just so much fun to see. And I think also because they had the lap times and that stuff. So, yeah, the tech technology is really improving. But it's also really good that the organizations are doing it. And, uh, and, and especially with the live stream on Internet, then so many people all over the world can watch women cycling. So, yeah, uh, um, yeah I love that. Yeah, and I mean, cycling fans often are watching one race on the internet and another race on the TV. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like all, all <laughs> I th one also on Sunday. <laughs> watching uh, Hageland on uh, on my computer and uh, watching Kuna Brisselkuna from the men on TV. So uh, <laughs> didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> oh, it's it's going to get. Hopefully, we'll get to the point where we need like three computers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously, everyone knows Flanders is the race that everyone wants to win, and yeah. is is like people's. I don't know. It feels like Flanders and then Flesh are people's like last big goals before the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's really big races, you know, and they have a long history. And everybody, if you talk to a random cyclist somewhere all over the world and you're talking about Flanders and everybody is knowing where you're talking about. So that's also makes it really special to win that race. Yeah. 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 What, what's your, been your favorite Flanders memory? Um, yeah. I think also when I podiumed over there, yeah, I became third. That was really great team tactic. And I was really a few times. Yeah. I, I always loved that that race. Really had a good good results. Never won that one, but I was yeah, I was a few times close, and I think podium was really nice one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. For, for riders who want to win Flanders, or to, or for teams who want to win Flanders, what do you have to do? Do you think? <laughs> Again, like in Drenthe, in a good position and spend your energy when it's necessary and save when you can. So, uh, and you have to ride aggressive, but on the moment then when it's when you have to yeah but it's always hard you know because you never know every year you cannot say like oh, on this climb it will happen or on th that climb so sometimes you have to start early and sometimes you have to wait longer 
it also depends how the weather is. So you have so many circumstances and how the team is and how the other teams are and the other rides. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and in terms of positioning, because of course, you know, sometimes I watch um, men's cycling on TV and the commentators are saying, oh, it's really easy. You just have to be at the front. <laughs> but obviously everyone in the peloton wants to be at the front at the yeah, same time. Yeah, sometimes the biggest battles are in front of a climb or in, are in front of a couple sections. Like in Drenthe, it's war in front of the last 5K in front of a couple section because, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be a bit, yeah, at least with the first 10 riders. And, you know, it's like it's, it's a long sprint till the roundabout like in Drenthe, and then you turn left, and then in 100 meters you turn to the right, and then you're on the couple section. So uh, that's the biggest battle, I think. Yeah, and how do you, I mean, how do you get position? Is that, does it just, is it just something Work that... Work hard and... <laughs> yeah, elbows. <laughs> Be there with your teammates, you know, stay close to each other, put it, yeah, put it in the gutter, and uh, you have to spend there a lot of energy and, and to stay in position. And that's gone. Yeah, that's that's hard, but you know it's necessary. Yeah, when you were riding with Orica, of course, because a lot of those riders, you know, especially riders who are coming over to Europe for their first ever season, did you have to give them a lot of advice about how to do that? Or I mean, how yeah, a few times. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times. But most of the time, I already started with them in uh, like uh, in January when we were racing in uh, Australia. Yeah. Uh, uh, already telling them and or, and learning them things about racing and like. I remember we had once two down under and I said like to one teammate like yeah you cannot do this in Europe because if you do that then you're in the second group and she didn't like it that much when I was telling it but uh, <laughs> later on she found it out that <laughs> that I was right <laughs> and um, you know there you can make a few mistakes but if you don't know that you know you know, you will do them again and you just have to make a few mistakes in Europe and then you know what you have to improve yeah um but yeah then you need the tools to to do that but uh yeah it's it takes a, a, a little bit time to get used to the european racing or the dutch style of racing yes yes yeah. we don't have climbs or whatever where it will break but sometimes it just breaks because you're going to a right turn into a little farmer road or whatever and then you have the wind on the on the side so yeah you get the crosswind so uh yeah you have to read more the weather and that's a different kind of uh, racing yeah did, did you grow up doing speed skating as well yep and so was that did you have to learn about the weather when you were a skater as well no 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 Just... because most of the time i was indoor only oh, okay only when uh yeah, when when we had ice on the lakes, I was skating uh, outdoor, but that's not really. Uh, I didn't do really competition outdoor. Right. So, uh, so you no. weren't doing those um, big long races down the canals and. No, uh, I would love to, but it's uh, yeah. I was pretty young at that moment, and for now, the last few years, uh, we didn't have really ice on the lakes, so yeah, it didn't work. Okay. Yeah, no, I, but I. When I started, that was I really had to learn a lot about tactics and stuff. Uh, so it took me also a few years to to learn. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh God, I so hope I so so hope you get a, a job as a DS. 
because I'd love to see you, you know, I'd love to see all those skills being taught to another generation of writers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do something for it. So what, what are you up to at the moment? My last questions. What, what, are, you, what are you working on at the moment then? Um, well, I'm doing uh, some presentations for companies about my cycling career and team building and that stuff. Mm -hmm. And some clinics, and I'm starting with a course for uh, female who are just starting with cycling and learn them a little bit the bike skills and where they have to look on and uh, organizing a few events. So, um, yeah, it's still sport related, but that's also my job So uh, because I'm a sport manager. So, Oh, amazing. And so if people do want to learn your skills... They can they can pay you to get them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I will do that. Yeah. It makes me happy. So uh, I like to learn people's stuff. And it's nice to share a little bit about your passion for the bike, you know, with yeah. other people. And, yeah, with a few just tips and tricks, you can learn a lot and improve your um, bike riding. Wow. So if people want to find you, you've got your website. Yeah. Which is uh, loosegenoike.nl. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say you you should say that properly because <laughs> I'm <laughs> loosegenoike.nl. <laughs> and they can also find you on Twitter. You're still you're just still loosegenoike on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So people should follow you and find you there. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, perfect. Yeah. I'll, I'll put links up to all of Luce's sites on my website, prowomenscycling.com, and I'll also put links up to some of the videos of the races that we talked about so you can watch Luce in action and smile a lot like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, uh, you're welcome. The 2016 Ronda Van Drenta is this Saturday, the 12th of March, and I've got a guide to watching that on my site, prowomenscycling.com. And I'll also be putting up guides to how to follow the Trofeo Binder, how to watch the Ronda Van Vlaanderen, how to follow Henwe Velgem and Flesh Wallon. Uh, go to my site, prowomenscycling.com, and you'll find everything there. I'm funded to do these kind of interviews and all my cycling work because of my wonderful Patreon supporters who fund me from as little as two quid... Uh, two dollars, two euros a month to let me do this sort of thing. So huge thanks to them. Uh, if you'd like to join them, please do. Uh, you can go to www.patreon.com slash women's cycling. And again, all those links are on my site. And as always, if you have any questions, just contact me on at underscore pigeons underscore on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening.